Hello, good morning, everyone that is uh, online with us today. And, you know, we're not really sure if you're with us live on Facebook or YouTube or ccmonline.org. Maybe you're joining us later today, or maybe you're even uh, listening in uh, to the podcast this week. And whatever way that you've decided to celebrate the service with us, we're so grateful for you and are happy that you're a part of our church community here at Crossroads Church. Uh, If you haven't already done so, we'll be celebrating communion together after Pastor Claire's message today. So make sure that you take some time and get yourself some of the elements, whether bread or crackers and juice, whatever you have at home to celebrate uh, this meal with us that's known as communion. We're, We're just happy that you would be able to do that with us, and we're grateful that you're here with us, whether it's in song or prayer or message, you are here today with us as a community. Calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenants. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened.
But it's important to understand that God is a reconciling God for our broken people. Do you realize the kind of trauma that 400 years of slavery can do? Do you realize like all the things that they had to go through, the ways, the kind of abuse that they were doing, the way that messed up with their psyche? And what God, God had to do the work of reconciliation and, and mending them back together and bringing healing so that they could, because they were a broken people along with them. He says many other people went with them. So in your journey of liberation, God is always asking us to invite whomsoever will to be part of that freedom that God is calling folks to uh, do. Let God to really be God. Well, they said, hey, we want to have a king. We want to do things like the way the other empires do things. But God was like, hey, I don't want you to be like the other empires. I want you to be a person, like a, a kingdom of priests, a, a mediators. I want you to be reconcilers. I want you to be peacemakers. I want you to be a different type of community. Healing. It's not even just the healing for us personally. It's the healing for us communally. And so as we take communion, this is where God is doing true reconciliation, not only with God, but also with one another. This is a true cross-centered communion. A cross-centered communion is a, is a reconciliation that's both vertical and horizontal. And let me, let, me, let me say this, like, in the response, like, there's such an agitation that was going on in race by the time George Floyd happened that, you know, some of it was violence against actual people, but a lot of it was violence against property. Then you go to January 6th, and you have an attack on the Capitol, and then it being violence against people and officers, and some folks were back to blue in 2020, and then in 2021, they just got started stuttering. We live in a crazy time where people think that their cause is so righteous that they need to commit violence. And as the people of God, we got to give an alternative to this. It's the extreme left and extreme right that's like tearing our countries apart. But then here's the thing. We're allowing the extreme left and extreme right to tear our churches apart. The only thing that could, can, can, can be the answer is cross-centered communion. Cross-centered communion reminds us of a liberating God to an oppressed people, a partying God to a party people, and a reconciling God for a, rec a broken people. And this is how we cultivate the soul of reconciliation. Let us pray. Let's pray together. God, we realize that we live in a broken world where we need a reconciling God for a broken people, a partying God for a party people. And God, that we would be prepared today to be with you in the ways that you want to be with us. And so give us ears to hear what you're saying to Crossroads Church today. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to the community of people that we work with and play with and celebrate with. Give us ears to hear because we know you are the God who speaks. And so we're listening for your voice underneath the voices of others today. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
You know, more than half a century ago, on March 7, 1965, state troopers knocked down, gassed, and beat a number of men and women who were participating in a peaceful march for voting rights in Selma, Alabama. That same day, many radio listeners may have been hearing Sam Cooke saying, change is going to come on the radio. And there's a New York Times writer who said that if Sam Cooke was alive today, he might change that song title from A Change Is Gonna Come to The More Things Change, The More They Stay the Same. And I I wonder about that because this beautiful song in three minutes moves from deep grief into hope. And I feel like Sam Cooke was a prophet. And, you know, prophets do that to us. They take us right down in to the bare bones of a mess, right? And then they remind us that God should be God on God's own terms. And that if we actually are people who are listening to Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, we're going to meet the God whose prologue is Genesis 1 and 2 and whose climax is Revelation 21 22. That actually there's a new heaven and a new earth that, you know, God started in the garden and ends with this beautiful hope of a city. You guys know about the city? Anybody know about the city? No more. No more. No more. (laughs) So Scott's got a rhythm going on. No more crying, lying, or dying. And it's beautiful, you know, it gives us an idea of this reconciling God for a broken people that David talked to us about last week. That really, our we can be in the lament of what's happening, but we don't do it without hope. Can we all say, we have hope. We do, we have hope. I can't even watch the television without hope, friends. It's like, forget about it. I can't have a conversation with people without hope. You know, last week when David was here with us, we went through some conversations afterward right here in the room, right, that Teshna and Don led us in. And then we had further conversations where I called my black and brown and Asian brothers and sisters and asked them how they were doing post-talk at Crossroads. I didn't ask my other white people. Not that I don't care what you think. I love you dearly. But I just, I wanted to know how my black and brown and Asian brothers and sisters were doing after that talk. Like, how were they doing? What, how, did, they, did they love David? Were they mad at me and Scott for being friends with him? I mean, I don't know. You know, I wanted to check it out a little bit. And one of the things that I know is that I don't know what I don't know. That's profound, everyone. I don't know what I don't know. And then, then here's something else really cool. Like, just because I'm a white woman doesn't mean, like, I think like all white women. And just because Teshna is a black woman doesn't mean she thinks like all black women. But she brings a perspective to me that I value because she keeps me curious. She keeps me accountable, right? And so many of you know Teshna's work. Come closer to me, Tesh. Um, you know... Are you heckling today? Are you in a heckle mood? I love it. I love it. We're about to have fun. Just get Scott a microphone so he can heckle in the microphone. That'll be even more fun. Um, But the beauty of 
our conversations pre and post COVID have been that we have a shared desire. And so bringing David Bailey here, um, who you know, works in, at the national level on race relations and reconciliation, and then having you, our very own expert in the house, can you tell everybody what you do with your daytime job when you're not singing to us? So I work for um, Henry Ford Allegiance Health in Jackson as the Director of Community Engagement, but I'm also the Chair of our Diversity and Inclusion uh, Committee. And then just recently, as um, Pastor Claire mentioned last week, um, I'm now serving on the West Michigan Advisory Council for uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion work. Yeah, so she's going to serve West Michigan, which is fabulous, right? And the thing I love about that is, you know, I know that you're competent in your education. I know you're competent in, you know, like multiple levels of experience. But what I love about you is you're a peacemaker. And that's her style on the Enneagram. Any Enneagram nines in the room, aren't you happy that people who have a peacemaking nature are in charge of conversations like this? So I wondered what your response to David being with us, and if you would tell the congregation um, what happened to you, what it's like to be you right now at Crossroads, and even coming out of that very long meeting that we had last week, but if you weren't here, pizza was included, you missed it, and, um, and, and we just want to know what it's like to be you right now, Tesh. So with all of this work that's going on around DEIJ, what I appreciate is that Pastor Claire and Pastor Scott are also on this journey here in this church. And so um, you hear that there is a lot of change, change is coming, it's happening, whether it's from the federal, state, you know, individual organizations, how they're looking at things to do differently with a different eye, um, calling in the experts, having them take a look, you know, having people at the table that need to be at the table. And that's what I appreciate about Pastor Scott, Pastor Claire, um, listening to the Holy Spirit, um, asking for help, you know, seeking the help, because they're not the experts on this. And so um, that brings me hope. Uh, being in a church that's predominantly white, um, it, it does. It truly brings me hope. And so the experience um, last week with having... David come, it just, it just showed that, you know, we're eager to learn, um, down and keep continuing down this journey. Um, so, and then one of the things uh, that stuck out to me, uh, when he was talking about being a different type of community, I feel that that's the journey that we're on is being that different type of community. Um, putting all things aside, getting back to the true love of God and who we're supposed to be. That's where we need to be. Get rid of the hatred, the biases, all of that. You know, getting back to the true. Come on, come um, on. Can she get an amen on that? <laughs> the trueness of who God is. And yes, I am a peacemaker, but we do need peace in this world right now more than ever. You know, and it takes us as a church. This is the community that's going to bring hope to the world, and that's what we need to be doing. And so that's what I appreciate. Um, we're going down this journey, and what we are going to do is provide resources and tools. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing that I appreciate about Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire, too. They provide us the tools to be successful. That's important. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I taught, you know, at the hospital is like giving people the tools to be successful, providing them the resources. So that's what we're going to do. 
We're going to provide the resources for you to be successful. Now, what it is going to take is for you to be intentional to do the work that you need to do to make the change. It's well, going to take that. You. Then there's that. Can you say that one more time? Do I <laughs> if have I can to? remember that. <laughs> no, it's going to take you to do the work. You know, I can't do it for you. We can provide the tools. We can provide the resources. But it's going to take you to do the work to make the change. Mm. And then we're going to meet on March 13th, right, together after church again, and pizza will be provided. And those of you who were not there in the afternoon, if you want to be invited, just let us know. We'll get you in on that conversation. But we thought we didn't even want a whole month to go by without Teshna continuing this conversation with us. She and Don have been working together on the roundtable, and, um, and so we just really hope that we can sing the song of sadness and hope together. And I want to say one more thing. Um, one thing that really stood out to me, we sung the, um, the black national anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. And so one of the things that really blessed me, which just is a, shows a trueness of our church, is that when we started singing, I saw our black brothers and sisters stand up. But what blessed me so much was that the rest of the church also stood up. Mm. And to me, that showed support of this journey that we are on. So I appreciate you for doing that. It it was like, whoa, they stood up like it was our national anthem, Mm. you know. And so that that really ministered to me. I was talking to Tanika, and we both were just talking about it. It just blessed me so much. So we are on this journey together. Just keep hope alive. (laughs) Yes, keep it alive. Amen. Thanks, Teshna. Keep hope alive for sure. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. He, meaning Jesus, also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall in a pit? The student is not above the teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? That's Jesus being funny. How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, or you player, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is God's word for us. You want to turn to somebody and say, this is God's word for us. You can be seated. An interesting twist on this statement is that the word speck and plank are from the original word, the same word, meaning they're from the same substance. So, you know, I remember years ago, Scott, when you preached on this passage with a plank in your eye. Can you find me a plank? I'll be back. Okay. Anyway, you know, this is, this is the beauty of it. There's really something powerful when you realize that if we have obstructed sight, we're all part of the same family, whether it's a speck or a blank, right? 
whether it's a speck or a plank. Like, let's not even argue over whether or not I have the plank or Teshna has the speck or Teshna has the plank and I have the speck. It's really about the fact that I don't see what Teshna sees because Teshna is Teshna and I'm Claire. And so I want to ask the question, what's my plank? You might want to write that down in your Bible. What's my plank? Because you even read the scripture through your own plank. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I mean, we even read scriptures through our own plank, through our own way of seeing. Some of you may remember this little cartoon that I use when I'm teaching the Enneagram, and I say, we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. And here's this rhinoceros with this horn, and it doesn't matter if he's painting a barn or an elephant, there's a horn in the center of every painting. Because we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. Is it true, everybody? It's so true! Oh, you're so good. This morning when Scott woke up, I said, I'm so sorry for my plank. And he said, oh, let's not start the day like that. (laughs) I, I really appreciate the fact that we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. And we can be good with one another on the journey to get the dust out, to get the plank removed. Amen? Lisa Sharon Harper says this, the Bible was written by brown colonized, enslaved people. And the Bible does lead the way if you read it alongside the eyes of the brown, colonized, enslaved people. So just let that sink in for a minute. You know, Moses, first five books of the Bible, right? The Pentateuch. And so he's writing from a brown, colonized, enslaved person. He's helping us to see how he actually experienced God. Pastor Andy Stanley, who's a white, southern, Baptist dude, says perhaps nothing characterized the life of Jesus more than his pursuit of people whose lives and lifestyles did not look like his. If we fail to listen to people who don't experience the world the way we do, we will never bear their burden. Our I mean, our privilege, friends, is to walk alongside each other and learn what it's like to be the other person so that we can help bear the burden of the other person. This is, and in fact, the Bible says it this way, bear one another's burdens and so the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Like, I don't want to ignore your burden, you know? I don't want to, and, and there, we can have different perspectives and different lenses and have conversations. So maybe you don't know what your plank is, but ask somebody who knows you and isn't like you, what is my plank? See, that's, that's what I was asking Tesh on the phone this week. I asked Shauna that on the phone this week. I asked Sylvia that in my living room this week. I mean, I, I, I want to know what don't I see because I won't see it if I don't see it. See, these are profound statements. You should be Twittering right now. <laughs> or I think it's tweeting, whatever. 
And I think, you know, I think what's really beautiful is, is that we're willing to be in a congregation with people who are brave enough to have this conversation. You know what I'm saying? I do, I, I love, I love people, but I really love brave people. Like, that are afraid to have a conversation, but they still have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming just a little bit shaky to you today because I realize these conversations, maybe you were hoping we were done with this when David was done last week. But if you know anything about Crossroads, we've been naming these things since day one. From the very beginning, we just said, we do not want to be a single, single culture church. Like when I, when I sit with Sylvia and I find out that Sylvia's name was changed from Sylvia with an I as it was when her family came from Mexico to Sylvia with a Y by a first grade teacher who said, no, 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 you're in the United States now. We don't spell Sylvia that way. And so, you know, and and listen, no shame on that teacher. She only knew what she knew because she didn't know what she didn't know because, right? And so so we just want to say, okay, so how can we learn? How can we learn about each other so that we know better? And that excites me, right? So I'm not looking for your approval, And, you know, like, in fact, I even like emails where people tell me that they disagreed with me. And I love when people come sit in my office. Just this week, a friend of mine that said, you know, your position that you took, your posture around masks was really difficult for me. And I felt wronged in it. And I'm like, you know what? I love brave people that come sit in my office as my friend, one friend to another, having a conversation Because you can't hate people up close, is what Brené Brown says, right? So quit, like, quit being a hater over there. Come be a hater in my office. And the two of us will sit there with our planks. And we'll try to find a way with each other. Because we're all wrong about something and many things, right? It's been a long, a long time coming, right? But change is going to come, my friends. We are all up in it. And by the way, even though you applauded, if if you want applause, go to the circus. If you want Jesus, find the poor. This is Bob Goff. If you want applause, join the circus. If you want Jesus, find the poor. Who are the poor? Anybody who's being dismissed right now. Anybody who's being canceled out without the, will, without the ability to have a conversation. Now listen, I'm not saying that when people are toxic and they're bad to you, like they're, they're abusing you, you got to cancel some people. And then you just go to Jesus and you pray for them, right? But what I'm saying is we need one another in a conversation to know the things we don't know. We don't need applause, everybody. You don't have to... T- in fact, I, I appreciate you saying nice things about me, Teshna. Um, and, and I didn't know that you were going to do that, but it was really kind of you to do that. And at the same time, you call me on stuff in meetings. Like, well, you might not know this. In fact, I don't know if you heard her say it. Scott and I are not the experts in this area. Right? It's on tape. There will be a rewind. We'll even do one of those boomerang things. You're not the expert. You're not the experts. You know, you know what I mean? To remind us, everybody, nobody 
could be an expert in everything. And so if we're actually willing to have the conversation, it's going to be fabulous, even if we don't get applauded, even if we have hard meetings, even if we have exchanges that are difficult. You know, people ask us all the time, you know, why do you keep this diversity? Why are we going to continue talking? People have left and said, because we talk about race, that we're political. We're not political. You know what I mean? We're just humans trying to find our way with other humans. Know what I'm saying, everybody? So sometimes we need to offend you to get your attention. Sometimes you need to offend me to get my attention. I mean, Jesus was great at it, right? Wasn't he? He's like, okay, people, you're trying to get the plank out. You know, you're trying to get the speck out, your brother's eye, you got a plank. I mean, that's offensive. You think those people were like, oh, yeah, bring it on, Jesus. No, they're like, you're telling me I have a what? And so here's our reality. We need to continue to have these conversations. We're not going to stop. If you don't want to have them, I completely respect and love you. But just know, if you don't want to have them, you're going to be miserable here. Because we're going to keep talking about it. And we're going to keep repenting. And we're going to keep saying, I was wrong. <laughs> right? Okay. I love you. You have to love me. You're a Christian. You don't have to like me, but you have to love me. I'm convinced it's the job of pastors to offend people. I'm convinced. Like if, I mean, and comfort you too. When you're, you know what I mean? When that too. Um, but when it comes to plank issues, we, got, we have to be willing to have hard conversations. If we have no black, brown, Asian, Native American, or fill-in-the-blank friends who are in conversations with us around these topics, and if we aren't in a posture to listen, we just don't know what we don't know. Period. Like, when was the last time you had somebody that didn't look like you at your table? And, and let me just say this to my black, brown, Asian, Native American, fill-in-the-blank friends. I'm open to come to dinner at your house, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 uh, I, have, I have such gratitude for the, ta- the table conversations at my house. And many of you have been at my table having those conversations. And I love that I don't know what I don't know until I hear from you and I get the plank out. That, this, is, this is like a commercial. Like, get the red out, get the, you know, the clog out. Like, get the plank out. Everybody say it. Get the plank out. Right? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go and do such and such town and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet, you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. By the way, this is Jesus' brother from the same mother, but a different father. You'll get that later. This is James, the brother of Jesus, from the same mother, a different father. And he's giving, it's like, you're a mist. Everybody just go, you're a mist. You're going to vanish from this world. I mean, you're not going to be gone, gone, but you'll be gone, gone.
gone or wherever heaven is. I don't know the location. I haven't been there yet. (laughs) So what is your life? I love that question from James. What is your life? Oh my gosh, that's a penetrating question for your meditation time in the morning. Let James, the brother of Jesus, ask you, what is your life? What is your life? See, Genesis is the prologue, and Revelation is the culmination, and we can't get into all this today, but if you read Revelation 7, there I saw a great multitude from every race, every nation, and land. Anybody know that song? Yeah, it's an oldie, (laughs) but it's a goodie. And in Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, the garden was the garden until Genesis chapter 3, and then it became the fallen place where everybody had their plank or their fig leaf. And then people started killing people, and races started dividing, and enslavement began to happen. But the garden and the city is our hope. I can't tell you about all that today. Wish I could. But in Genesis 1, God did it all, and it was good. And in Genesis 2, humans co-created. Do you know you're called to co-create with God a new culture right here on this earth? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that fabulous? Like, God is entrusting us to make a new culture that looks like the garden and the city. I love that. Like, you know, the, the, the humans named the animals, but right now, what are you naming? Right? What are you naming? What has God called you to name in your life? We're all different than each other. But, as Andy Crouch says, culture is what we make of the world, and it's both the physical things that we make and the meaning we make. And they always go together. Whatever you make has meaning. So, oh, there's so much more I want to say, but I only have five more minutes, so I have to skip. But doesn't it look good? Yeah, you can't even believe how good it is. Okay. (laughs) Change Sings. This is one of my favorite books. Change Sings by Amanda Gordon, the youngest uh, uh, Nobel laureate, right? And um, anyway, I but I'll lose all my time if I start telling you how much I love her. So I'm going to read you the story. Okay. And I want you to say, what is my life? See, Amanda says change sings, but you might be a terrible singer. But there is something that you can name to co-create with God. So take your pen and write down the word or phrase that stands out to you. Sweetheart, can you come and help me out here? You have been such a good assistant today. I greatly appreciate you. So can you, will you be able to do that? I can. Okay, so you just press that, like with each page. I never plugged in? Can we just say, Ron, you are like amazing. So, you know. Ron can sing, but he can do other things. I can hear change humming, so you don't have to be here because I'm not plugged in. Okay, I was going to fake press and take, <laughs> take credit for Ron's work. 
It is one of the things I'm gifted at is taking credit for everyone else's work. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, stay anyway. It's one of my anointings. Hey, Grandpa, stay anyway. We can take turns reading the book. Ready? Sure. I can hear a change humming in its loudest, proudest song. I don't fear change coming, and so I sing along. I scream with the skies of red and blue streamers. I dream with the cries of tried and true dreamers. I'm a chant that rises and rings. There is hope where my change sings. Though some don't understand it, those windmills of mysteries, I sing with all the planet and its hills of histories. I hum with a hundred hearts, each of us lifting a hand. I use my strengths and my smarts to take a knee or to make a stand. I'm bright as the light each day brings. There is love where my change sings. I show others tolerance, though it might take some courage. I don't make a taller fence, but fight to build a better bridge. I talk not only of distances from where and how we came. I also walk our differences to show we are the same. I'm a movement that roars and springs. There's a wave where my change sings. Change sings where? There inside of me because I am the change I want to see. As I grow, it grows like seeds. I am just what the world needs. I'm the voice where freedom rings. You're the love your bright heart brings. We are the wave starting to spring, for we are the change we sing. We're what the world is becoming, and we know it won't be long. Can you read it with us if you can see it well enough? We all hear change change strumming. strumming. Won't Won't you sing sing along? So let's stand together. And McKenna, does your classroom have this yet? (laughs) You know, one of the things that Matt Lynn told us was that, um, and then our prayers of the people peeps can come on up too, um, one of the things Matt Lynn told us is that in Kalamazoo, that's a required reading for the elementary schools. So I was standing with Amanda Lynn, and I just said, you know what, Amanda, we're going to buy one. We're just, any teacher that wants one, you, you well, not every teacher in the world. <laughs> but our teachers, we want to provide one for your schools. 
because we want to be a part, right, 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 right? We want to be a part of change singing. And, um, and so with that, let's, let's pray. Let's pray together. God of all peoples, whose son reached across the ethnic boundaries, help us to break down the barriers in our communities. Enable us to see the reality of racism and bigotry and free us to challenge and uproot it from ourselves, our societies, and our world. God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. We recognize privilege you have given us. We recognize privilege you have given us. May we use our privilege and service to our neighbors. We pray for all victims of racial hatred and discrimination, and we seek your protection for those affected in our churches, in our schools, our places of work, and in our communities. God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. Sylvia Scott's going to join you. He actually was the one who was supposed to read the privilege, but that's for another day. (laughs) Sorry I missed that. (laughs) That's definitely true of me. We pray for ourselves, for what we have done and what we have failed to do. May we choose friends who help us remove the plank from our own eyes. God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. May we be the voices against oppression and channels of the transforming power of the gospel. Yes, Jesus. Open our hearts to all who suffer in our midst, but out of sight. Help us to work for a world where human beings are valued, and no one used is used against their will for another's pleasure, privilege, or need. God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. As Jesus taught us, we pray for our enemies, especially. Please fill in the blank. God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. We pray today for the Ukrainian people and ask for your intervention in this senseless war levied against them by blind leaders led by evil. We pray for families, especially the children living through the horrors of war, all the upheaval and tribulation it brings. We also pray for those protesting in Russia and around the world against the violent acts by the Russian government. We pray for all the victims of tyrants, manipulators, and puppeteers. We pray for a way of escape. We pray for angels, saints, and humans. And we pray for ourselves who will show up as God's agents of justice and mercy. 
God, in your mercy, make us the change you want to see. We pray that as a community at the crossroads, we may cultivate a soul of reconciliation. Wherever there is division between us and others, because of our race or ethnicity, we pray that we may all be led to reconciliation. We pray for all who work to bring communities together in ways that are just and equal, for all, especially Make us the change you want to see. Let's read this together, everyone. God's purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward God and find God, though God is not far from any of us. And now in the silence, everyone, let's... Yes, go ahead, sweetheart. And now in the silence, may we name what we can't say out loud. And let us listen for the Holy Spirit to lead us to faith, hope, and the greatest of these, which is love. Together, let's take our communion elements. And this is our cross-centered communion, everyone. And we can share. Save the earth. Don't use so much plastic. Sorry, that was my plank talking. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it, he said, take this, all of you, eat. This is my body, broken for you. And every time you eat, remember me. Jesus, we remember you. And after supper was ended, Jesus lifted the cup and said, Take this, all of you, and drink it. This is the cup of the new covenant written in my own blood. And every time, every time you drink, remember me. Jesus, we remember you. So um, this is a beautiful moment, I think, to share just something with you guys that uh, Pastor Carlo from Haiti um, called or actually emailed Claire and I, and then I had a conversation with him 
I think Thursday, he emailed us early in the week. So last weekend, uh, many of you know, not all of you know, but we partner with a bunch of churches uh, and a bunch of schools in Haiti. We educate about 1,000 children in Haiti every year. On average, it fluctuates. And then uh, we're connected and partner with a bunch of churches in the nation of Haiti and have been doing this for a long time. Anyway, uh, one of the main churches that we partner with in schools is in a community called Mayer. It's kind of a just outside of Port-au-Prince, um, and we store a lot of supplies at that facility. Uh, we've done a lot of work there. Anyway, last weekend, um, things have been really, really bad, as most of you know, in Haiti. Um, and last weekend, they had a break-in. Um, they have a watchman at the, at the uh, school-slash-church building, um, and the watchman, we think, probably was paid off. And uh, there was a break-in. They took all of the food. We feed the kids during the week, which is sometimes the only food they get during the week. Uh, We feed them every week with those supplies. So they broke into a container that we have there that's a secure container, and we're going to take some steps. We're already working on taking some steps to make it even more secure. Obviously change the uh, watchman to some uh, to some other folks that he did get can be fired. More. Pastor Carlo fired him. Yeah, and something that I would ask. So what we're going to do? We want to. There, there's an upside to it. The upside is, uh, the downside is they took all the food. They took absolutely all the food. The upside is they didn't take any of the school supplies, and then we had a lot of other supplies in the container that were actually, from a financial standpoint, were worth a lot more money. Um, so we're thankful for that. So there's two things. We're, we're going to receive a second offering today to try to just pay to replace that food. We can get access to food, so that's a good thing. We can replace that. But um, I want you to pray in a couple different ways as we go forward. I want you to pray. It is so desperate in Haiti. And I, honestly, if we were honest with ourselves, it's horrific that that container got broken into and all that food was stolen from those children, essentially. But that's how desperate it is. And there are people that are so desperate to feed their families that they will take food from children, right? Um, so I want you to pray for the people that stole all those supplies, that God would just provide for them turn their life in a direction where they would feel fulfillment in Christ, that they would know what they did wrong, but there's a deep desperation going on in Haiti. So we want to receive an offering. So I want you to, as we continue forward, make sure you're praying for those um, folks, and then let's pray for our own uh, kids in that there that we're partnering with in the churches, and then uh, as we head out today, as the team kind of brings us to a close with this song they're going to sing, let's give into the offering. So let's just pray mm-hmm. together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray first of all for whoever these folks were that are in such a desperate place that they broke into a church building and stole food supplies that, that feed those children day in and day out during the week. We pray, God, that you would help them and help their families. And we pray for the people of Haiti that are in such a desperate place. We pray for a move of your spirit in that nation, unlike they've ever seen before. We pray strong protection around the schools that we partner with, around 
the churches we partner with, and we pray definite uh, protection, especially around the pastors. There's a lot of kidnappings going on with pastors in Haiti right now. God, we pray you would protect them. And Lord, we pray for a powerful move that out of this event, that even the community of Mayer and that surrounding area would see your goodness, God, would see your love in a way they've never seen it before. So as we give, we pray, those of us that can give, we just pray you would multiply that. We pray that uh, all that was taken would be restored beyond what they even had and bless all of those children and their families. Let them not be in fear even in this day, on this day, that they would lack in anything, God. Let there be an abundance in that storehouse. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So as you head out, guys, if you want to give, you can give in the baskets. All of this offering will go to replace those resources. If you're online, you can text and give online as well. And you might want to stay and sing this song with us. Yeah, definitely. Pretty powerful. When I look into the face of my enemy, I see my Oh, my.